We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Kansas City. KMOX. We welcome you in to the program here on a Tuesday night. My name is Matt Pauley. Only have you for uh, an hour tonight as uh, we've got uh, some debate action coming up at 7 o'clock. So a different type of uh, competition will be coming your way uh, this evening at 7. We've got a lot to get into. As always, if you want to join the program, you can do so by uh, calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The new News of the day, and I'll tell you this, uh, our guest today, uh, Daniel Esteve from Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11, he's going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes. We'll talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. We'll hear some interesting audio regarding the St. Louis Blues as well. Doug Armstrong spent some time meeting with the media today. Let's just say with the way the Blues are playing right now, it might be early on in the season, but you can tell there are a lot of people inside of that organization at the moment who are not happy whatsoever with the way the team is playing. And uh, we'll pass along some of that audio coming up uh, later on. But the news of the day, the St. Louis Cardinals have two Gold Glove Award winners in Nolan Arenado and Brendan Donovan. For Arenado, he wins his 10th consecutive career Gold Glove Award. He has won the award every year since debuting in 2013. He is the second player in Major League Baseball history and the first National League player ever to win a Gold Glove Award in each of his first 10 seasons. Uh, He joins Ichiro, and he is the 14th player in Major League Baseball history to win it in 10 consecutive years. It also now ties him with uh, Mike Schmidt for the second-most career gold gloves at third base. Brooks Robinson is the all-time leader. He has uh, 16 of them. Uh, Arenado also becomes the seventh infielder in Major League history with 10 or more career gold glove selections and the fourth infielder to win at least 10 straight awards. Robinson was 16. Ozzie Smith won it 13 times in a row. And Keith Hernandez won it 11 times in a row. And not to take anything away from Arenado, but the Donovan Gold Glove is kind of there's as cool as everything we just said. The Donovan Gold Glove is pretty darn cool as well. He wins his first career Gold Glove award. He goes down in Major League history because he he becomes the first National League player ever to win the award as a utility player. Rawlings announced the addition to the list of award recipients in September. He also is the first Cardinal to win a gold glove in his rookie season. And how about this one? He is the first 
National League rookie to win a gold glove since Nolan Arenado with Colorado in 2013. So it is all connected uh, for uh, Donovan. Most of his time this year did come at uh, second base, but he also played a fair amount of time at third base, left field, right field, first base, and also spent some time at shortstop. He became the uh, first major league player in the modern era to start at four different infield positions in the first four starts of uh, his career. And he had just seven airs across uh, close to 855 innings with 49 double plays and four outfield assists. So uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool that uh, the awards come out and uh, the Cardinals get uh, a couple Gold Glove Award winners. Now, two individuals who were Gold Glove finalists but do not win this year, uh, the uh, starting with uh, Tommy Edmond, he was a finalist, but Brendan Rodgers wins the National League Gold Glove at second base. And then Paul Goldschmidt was a finalist as well. Interestingly enough, Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks, he wins the uh, National League Gold Glove at first. Walker becomes the first Diamondback to win a Gold Glove since... Paul Goldschmidt won a gold glove with uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So a lot of things are kind of uh, interconnected. Arenado was clearly going to win it. He makes more high-end plays at third base than anybody. The the number of, I I would say this about him, we were having this conversation off air before we got uh, on the air today. Uh, He probably made more uh, errors on kind of routine plays this year than he has done in the past. But that doesn't take anything away. He was making ridiculous, amazing, I just saw this and I can't believe what I just saw type plays uh, on a a weekly basis. So him winning the gold glove absolutely deserved. And I do think it's pretty cool for Brendan Donovan. I think that Donovan's presence on the team is really huge when it comes to what this team is going to do in the offseason. Because Donovan, with his... Uh, just the flexibility of where he can play, it gives you as an organization the opportunity to be maybe a little bit more liberal in some position groupings that you are uh, going after. And if if you uh, if you decide you're going to play kind of the splits game and the platoon game at some positions where you're going to go out and get a big-time right-handed bat or a big-time left-handed bat, but you don't want them facing off too often uh, against uh, pitchers of the other, you know, pitchers of the same uh, handedness. Well, just having Donovan there, somebody that is going to play almost every day but can play all over, just gives you that opportunity. If you're John Mozeliak, maybe the talent pool of what you're going after is a little bit wider just because of who you have on the roster and the flexibility that you have with the different positions uh, they can play. So that's the news of the day. Two gold glove winners for the Cardinals and uh, absolutely well-deserved for each of them. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's the good news. The bad news is the St. Louis Blues are not playing well right now. They lose again yesterday. They fall to the Kings by a 5-1 score. They've lost five straight, and they've lost every single one of those games by uh, multiple goals. What do we make of the Blues? What do we make of a few other things? Our good friend Daniel Esteve from Fox 2 and Channel 11, he joins us next. we got a lot to talk to uh, talk about with uh, Daniel. He's with us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name is Matt Paul. I was just telling sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. And Jack Flaherty actually tweeted out about this uh, just a little while ago. So all the Gold Glove Awards being announced here during the afternoon. And uh, Jack Flaherty made the point that here it is, just kind of a random Tuesday. And these awards are coming out. And I just realized that this is the first week of the college football playoff rankings. I just got a push notification from uh, ESPN on my phone. Didn't realize those were coming out today. I've really got to do a much better job of knowing uh, what in the world is going on. Somebody who always knows what's going on. He is a uh, sports reporter and anchor with Fox 2 and Channel 11. He is uh, Daniel Esteve. You hear him on the KMOX airwaves on occasion uh, doing the uh, City SC2 uh, games. And he joins us right now. Hey, Daniel, how are you? How are we doing, Matt? Did no, you, no complaints on my end. Uh, did you? Uh, were you aware that the college football playoff rankings were coming out for the first time today? I was not. I, I can kind of imagine it being around this time, but it's not something that's at the top of my calendar, that's for sure. Yeah, I got the I was like, oh, look, look at that. By the way, in case anybody cares, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson are the top four, and Michigan and Alabama just outside. So Tennessee, the number one team in the college football playoff rankings. Reaction? Reaction is surprise, but after you see what they did against Alabama, it's pretty impressive. I actually saw a stat that Alabama's six least touchdowns allowed this year, and I believe it was 15 total or around that number, and Tennessee put up, what, six touchdowns on them alone? So yeah. you talk about a stout defense in Alabama, a Nick Saban-led defense, and you throw Tennessee doing what they did to that defense. Uh, it's, it shows what kind of what kind of dominance they've had at least to this point. But it's Tennessee. I'm sure Tennessee fans will feel the same way. You're never too comfortable, even when you're in uh, new territory for that team. No, absolutely. And they're, they're playing Georgia this week, so we'll see what happens there. All right, let's get to uh, the things that we really brought you on to talk about. We'll start 
uh, with the St. Louis Blues. And it feels like after the loss against the Kings, it just all of a sudden feels a little different. They lost four in a row, but there was this feeling like they're going to turn things around and they play poorly against the Kings. Their coach is calling them soft. Doug Armstrong is coming out today saying Craig Berube's not going anywhere. Uh, there's, you know, the, the top tier players are kind of getting called out that they've got to do more. It's just, it, it's still early, but man, it's, it's not good right now for the Blues. It's just interesting. My dog's clearly not loving what the Blues are doing either. But I'll tell you what, when I'm off the clock, I'm a fan, right? So naturally yesterday, I decided to take my buddy who's in town from Texas to the game. And so we went as fans, and I'm thinking this is going to be what's going to switch everything up. Clearly, that didn't do anything for this team. But I like coming out and talking about Craig Berube first because I think it's important to establish the fact that, hey, you know, we're not going to – we're not going to be too rash with our decisions early on, especially this early in the year. And I think given what Baruby's done in the past, given, you know, just his MO, playing physical hockey, playing, you know, kind of on the front skate, if you will, he's certainly somebody that you want during these rough times. But he's talked a lot about leadership, and I think it's got to start with those guys in the locker room, the O'Reilly's, the Tarasenko's, the Shen's. And it just seems like they're discombobulated, not on defense, not on offense, but all over the ice. Look, I, I like Craig Berube a lot, and I hope he remains the coach of the Blues for a really long time. And I believe Doug Armstrong when he said what he said today. But it also, you know this, how quickly things can escalate in sports. There was no conversation about Craig Berube being on a hot seat until literally last night's game. And then that, then all of a sudden Armstrong has to come out and basically defend him today. If this thing continues to go down a bad path, it, it doesn't take long for all of a sudden that, that conversation to escalate even further. Well, you start to play the blame game, and that's what anybody in sport across any sport would do. And naturally, the coach, the manager, whoever it is, is the first person you point the finger at. Um, it's just so early, though. I mean, what, you're eight games into the season at this point, seven games into the season if you're the Blues, and, and yeah, things aren't going well, but you won those first three games of the year. It didn't look great, but you know that you have the talent in the locker room to get wins it's just a matter of getting it together and if you're ever going to be in kind of a slump i think this is probably the best time to do it because you've got so much time to fix it um but i guess the question is how long do you wait you know are there blues really in a win now mentality surely they've been so successful in the past couple of years you expect them to want to contend every year but is this really a year where you say all right hey this thing's falling apart quick we've got all the chips on the table let's get it right now at the expense of potentially losing a guy that could be successful and has been successful for a longer time. So you're playing the blame game right now, but I don't think that needs to come around or truly come into play for at least the month of November, maybe, maybe halfway through or at the earliest, if it's really bad, but 20 games and four goals plus the goals we scored or they scored rather last night. I mean, there's clearly some question marks. I just think it's a bit early to make those crazy decisions, which is why I appreciate what Doug Armstrong comes out and says about chief. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, not to play the blame game. Uh, there are key players who are not performing, and that's the bottom mm-hmm. line right now. And maybe most, no, most notably is a Jordan Cairo, who obviously gets the money, and sometimes that happens. You sign that big contract, and there's some more pressure. The hockey cliche is that you know you, you, you grip the stick a little tighter. Whatever it is, it, it feels like once he gets loose, maybe the rest of the team will too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, you made a great point. You know, when you're talking about the blame game, it's easy to point at him, Robert Thomas as well. But Ryan O'Reilly's taken a lot of a lot of the credit in terms of his frustrations. When we spoke to him 
I believe it was after the Oilers game, he talked a lot about how he was almost cheating to try to score. That's how frustrated he was getting because he could not figure out how to get a point. And when you start to get frustrated on the offensive side of the rink, you kind of lapse up on the defensive side, and they've been exposed completely. And I really don't think you have to look at Bennington and that goaltending crew as a big problem because, yes, it was rough last night, but for the most part, they've been okay. They've just been so exposed. But it's all about opportunity, and I think, man, they're getting some. They just can't put it in the back of the net, and Kyrie's a great example of that. We've seen him you know, dance and fly by people like he typically does. Great, great puck handling ability, but at the end of the day, he's not, he's not producing. Um, but I think I still go back to what I said about Berube or about this situation as a whole is you can't play the blame game this early in the season. I still think you've seen some good things. You've seen a lot of missed opportunities, but you're getting into position at the very least. And so long as you can continue to build from here and you don't regress further than this, I think you can find something because you already know you have the talent in there. It's just a matter of getting it together. So like I said, I think November, mid-November, or you give them the month to really figure it out before you really start punching that red button and, and figuring something else out. Daniel Steve from Fox 2 and Channel 11 continuing to uh, join us. Wanted to have you on today uh, also to talk a little soccer because there's so many great soccer stories going on in our community right now. And let's start with St. Louis University where whether it's the men or the women both playing at a really high level and you look at the metrics for the women, like this is, to me, this is a team that is a national championship contender. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I almost cracked up and I never want to dis, uh, uh, disrespect anybody, but Coach Katie Shields was talking about how she was frustrated a little bit when we spoke. I think it was after their second-to-last game of the regular season. How she was frustrated about her defense. They, they, they knew they could score the ball, but they want to see a little bit more stout defensively. They allowed four goals throughout the entirety of their conference schedule. I mean, this was absurd in, in terms of their productivity, both obviously offensively being one of the best offensive teams in the country. And then defensively, they figured it out with three shutouts down the stretch, back to back to back. And now they're looking at, you know, a semifinal matchup at home where they expected to continue to dominate. They're showing no signs of letting up. And really the same could be said with the men. I mean, it's so difficult, I think, for the men coming off of the incredible team they had last year and maybe coming up just short of where they really would have wanted to be. And then they come out, you know, they had struggled early. They, I think they were 1-1-2 and two to start the season around that. Couldn't really get a lot of things together. Conference season gets going, and they absolutely dominated. And one of their only tough games was against, what, URI? And that was a bizarre game that they had. Coming down the stretch, ended up winning the conference anyways. I mean, you're looking at two teams that are representing soccer capital mm-hmm. perfectly. And given the history of those two programs, too, you almost expect it, but it's still impressive even beyond that, what both teams are doing. There, there's been some talk about attendance. Look, it's always going to be a tough go when you're when we're talking about college soccer and, and just drawing fans in. If there are teams that deserve to be supported, these teams absolutely deserve it. Uh, the women's soccer team, College Soccer News, has them ranked as the number five team in the nation. That's their highest ranking in program mm-hmm. history in any poll. You look at some of the other numbers, they're, they're top ten in some other polls, and you almost feel like they're being undervalued from a, from a national perspective. They're that good. I mean, that's just the St. Louis MO, isn't it? I mean, people overlook not only the city as a whole, but the city's sports teams forever. And SLU's no different. I mean, people still don't quite understand the soccer significance within the history. And I think that's going to be put on full display once St. Louis City SC comes into play. But for right now, I think they enjoy that. You know, the fans that do appreciate it, you know, even looking at the Luligans, if you're talking about the pro level, 
they absolutely love these teams. And seeing a stat like that for the women, not only does it affect the city as a whole providing the support for this team, but Hannah Larson, a winger for the team or a midfielder, I mean, she talked extensively about how much she loves playing at Herman Stadium. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you're getting a top five level attendance compared to the entire country at a beautiful venue that they have down there at SLU. And you're balling out there. You're not losing games. You're playing really well. You beat Arkansas to kick the season off, right, when they were ranked top 10 and nobody was respecting this team. And I'm certain the the men feel the same way. Um, So you add in the fact that these guys can host when it comes to the conference tournament. You're expecting them to do well, and hopefully they do. Speaking of a uh, city SC, technically it's it's city two, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, you look at the you know the the whole organization and getting ready for the first year in MLS. Uh, they're getting ready for friendly on November sixteenth, just in front of the World Cup against uh, one of the uh, top clubs in uh, Europe. By the way, for everybody uh, listening, we will have that for you uh, right here on KMOX on uh, Wednesday, November sixteenth. Uh, this is it's going to be an opportunity to uh, open up City Park. Uh, we weren't able to see them do that. Uh, during City 2's uh, run in the playoffs, unfortunately. But now uh, a top club coming in for a friendly. Like, this is a really cool event that's going to be coming up. Oh, it's incredible. And it's funny because there were whispers about it. I think people speculated that, hey, the ties to German, tied to Bundesliga, there's certainly going to be an opportunity to do something pretty cool with this team. But it's almost one of those things where, you know, patience is a virtue. And you think about how awesome it would have been to have played that Sporting KC2 game way back when, when they had the opportunity and were expecting to play that at first game over at what was previously known as Centene Stadium. But then it gets pushed back. And huge credit to the team for figuring out this situation because there were people who were calling for, hey, is there a potential that you're going to be playing at SIUE or Herman Stadium for that first MLS game? Plenty of worries. So the fact that they've gotten it figured out this early is huge. And what better way almost to introduce this field than with a great team like Bayer Leverkusen coming in and bringing some great young stars that they have on their roster, tying that in with some of the not only local talent, but international stars we have with City 2. And you've got yourself just this really, really incredible opportunity for France to be introduced to this team that, my goodness, is going to be incredible come March. I don't know about you. I love driving by. So our studios are located pretty close to it. And like last night when the Blues were playing, I drive a a different way home to get to 40 and I drive right by the stadium and I just love looking into it and the way you can kind of see it dip down low. It's such a cool looking uh, stadium from the outside. And the outside is one thing. (laughs) Imagine what it's going to look like when you're inside it. Uh, I mentioned that I had my buddy here in town. We went to the Blues game. We had to wash that taste out of our mouth today. So I took him downtown, drove him past Bush Stadium, and then drove him past the Arch, and then saw Market Street and was like, you know what, let's book it all the way down Market Street, pass by City Park. And, I mean, we're from Brownsville, Texas. You know, you don't have a lot of these big, giant, beautiful stadiums. Shout out to HEP Park down there. Great stadium. But it doesn't compare to what you have with City Park. And he's looking at it like, my goodness, this is incredible. Like, what a facility this is, how beautiful it looks from the outside. And then, again, in my mind, I'm just thinking, well, yeah, it's going to look a heck of a lot better from the inside. Just wait. And we're not far away from yeah. that. So it's uh, it's getting me more and more excited by the day. And, uh, and honestly – Given the fact that SLU's been doing what they're doing, I think those days are going to fly by because we're being entertained left to right all over the place, specifically in that soccer realm. Yep, absolutely. Is Daniel Esteve. You see him on Fox 2 on Channel 11 as well. Thank you so much for the time. We'll do it again real soon.
Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, very good. There's uh, Daniel Esteve joining us here on Sports Open Line. When we return, we'll get to that Blues audio, some of what Craig Berube had to say after the game last night, and uh, more importantly, some comments made earlier today uh, by Doug Armstrong. So we'll get into all that coming up in just a moment. Sports Open Line rolling on here on KMOX. Sports Open Line continuing. Only about 20 minutes left in the program. We're done at 7 o'clock for the uh, St. Louis County Executive Debate. That's going to be coming up in uh, just a few moments. I was saying to uh, Matt Pajeski earlier, I'm going to call it the Debate-A-Rama. And I actually wrote that down. So I almost said Debate-A-Rama a moment ago when I didn't mean to say it. And then I said it when I did mean to say it. So whether you want to call it a debate or if you're like me and you want to call it a Debate-A-Rama, it's coming up at uh, 7 o'clock right here on KMOX. The Blues... Not good right now. And here's my challenge. I always try to, I like telling you like where my head is at as I'm trying to assess things and where my head is at right now on the blues is they are a lot better team than they're showing. They are mostly non-competitive right now. The scores of the games in their five game losing streak, four, nothing, three, one, six, two, seven, four, five, one. And it's kind of interesting how this losing streak has sort of developed because that first loss against the Jets, the 4 nothing loss, that was Grice's first game, and they were in it, and then they kind of lost control late in the contest. Um, you didn't put too much stock into what happened against uh, the Oilers. You still found some positives. And then their last three, a 6-2 loss against a Predators team that has not had a good start to their season. A 7-4 loss against the Canadians where he had a lead and couldn't hold on to it. And then a mostly non-competitive game last night against the Kings where he lose 5-1. So it seemingly has just kind of been getting worse and worse and worse at a time this early in the season where you want things to be getting better and better and better. Blues coach Craig Berube speaking after the game last night. And he did not... Uh, you want to expect him to, but he did not hold anything back when talking about his team. Uh, got outworked and outskated. Not hungry enough, not desperate enough. That's very unlike your teams. I mean, yeah. how, how do you explain it? I can't right now. Um, they got to find a way. They got to dig in, and they got to they got to go to work. They got to they got to want to dig in and and uh, play a lot harder than that. Yeah, that's. That's a very candid statement from him. He was asked specifically about some of the uh, the top guys on the team and the fact that so far they have not been been uh, big contributors. You know, our top guys. You know, they got to dig in. They're not digging in enough. They're too soft. We're not direct enough. They're not north enough. They're not going to the net enough. They're not checking hard enough. All right. So that was the comments coming out of uh, the locker room slash the podium last night. Let's get to today. Doug Armstrong, the team's general manager, he met with the media and he had a lot of things to say, uh, talked about the fact that just right now they're in a spot that they're not used to being in, that they're not used to losing games the way they've been losing here recently. Uh, obviously, we're not uh, in a spot where we'd like to be. We haven't been uh, under Craig's tenure. Losing five in a row is something new to us and not something that we're, we want to acquire a taste for. You know, sometimes numbers tell the story. Sometimes they don't tell the story. I say this a lot when I'm doing Cardinals post game. 
There's games where we get done and you look at the box score and you can tell the story of the game through the box score. And there's times that you get done with the game and you look at the box score and you say, man, that that is not indicative of what actually happened over the last three hours. Well, you apply that to hockey, and it's pretty clear that Armstrong does feel like that right now the box score, the stats, everything that's going on certainly is uh, indicative of what's going on with the team from a win-loss record. We had a meeting with the players today, uh, more of a uh, not a fire and brimstone meeting, just a reality check on I went through some stats, and we're in the bottom quartile of anything that matters in the NHL right now. And uh, and that's the best we are, is in the bottom quartile. We're in the bottom 10% in quite a few areas, too. Uh, you look goals for, goals against. Uh, average, we're in the bottom. You look at our goal differential, we're in the bottom. Uh, our special teams are not special. Uh, and so we need to... We need to make sure this is ground zero and start building our way up. As the great sports philosopher Jay-Z likes to say, men lie, women lie, numbers don't, and the numbers right now, not good for the St. Louis Blues. Armstrong went on a little bit more about what he told the players at that meeting. And what I said to the players, uh, we may or may not win on Thursday. That Obviously, we're in the winning business, but what we need to see is is a competitive level higher than we have now. And what we have to do is find a part of our game that we can build off of when things aren't going good. The NHL is a, an extremely competitive industry. Uh, and if you, ha- if you play teams that are, in a, we'll call it a rebuilding mode or whatever, they're proud athletes. They're proud coaches. Uh, they don't buy into what maybe upper management wants as a rebuild because they're, they're proud. And if you give teams like that hope, they're going to take it, and they're going to they're going to win those games. And what we have to do now is 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 put our our stake in the ground that we want to get back and be be in that competitive nature. The last thing that he discussed, and man, this this happened quickly. This happened very quickly. The idea that uh, Craig Berube's seat could be a little bit hot, a little hot, just based off the fact that they have lost five games in a row. And they, before, before the game, before the last, before that uh, Canadians game, they had never gone four straight games without picking up at least a point in the Craig Berube tenure as head coach of the St. Louis Blues. Well, they are now at five straight, a lot of one-sided games. Every game has been uh, decided by multiple goals. All but one of the games has been decided by three or more goals. So it's like, the, the numbers are what the numbers are, and the numbers are not good. In the NHL, you see coaching changes happen a lot, even early on in the season. The NBA and the NHL are very similar in that. Today we saw a coaching change in the NBA. Steve Nash, he is out as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So is there any reason to believe that the Blues could be making a change behind the bench? And, and again, it's 10% of the season, so I, I don't want to – overreact but we certainly can underreact too and one of the things I told the players that if this continues you know in my 30 years of watching the NHL it's going to be okay well then what happens the coach well I told the players the coach is not going anywhere uh, because the coach came from the American Hockey League where he coached young players and made them better and he coached veteran players and, and made them win here so he's he can do both so he's going to be here and I don't think I, I don't say that as a, a threat or anything like that. But 
I, I believe in the coach. I believe in the system. And it's this isn't a system issue. It's a competitive issue. Okay, so he he threw on there at the end. I don't say that as a threat. And I understand why he said that. But also listen to the first few words of that answer. And, and again, it's 10% of the season. So I, I don't want to overreact, but we certainly can underreact too. I don't want to overreact, but I certainly don't want to underreact. Okay. Saying we will not underreact. What that means is they are willing to make changes. They are willing to do things to try to right the ship. How far off is the ship right now? We can argue that all day long. I mean, it's, it, we are still very, very early on in the season. But Armstrong clearly says there that they are they are willing to make changes if they feel they need to make changes. He also clearly states that Craig Berube is not going anywhere. So even if he doesn't mean it as a threat to players, it's a threat. It's It's going to be taken as a threat just in the sense that you can react to these things. You can make changes really in one of two ways, either with the coach or with players. Like going and changing a coaching staff isn't going to do anything, right? Uh, that that's I don't think that's that's not a major change. It's either the head coach gets changed out or players get changed out. And when Armstrong says we're not going to underreact, that tells you he's willing to do things. And when he tells you the coach isn't going anywhere, that tells you that if they do it, if this continues down this path, if things do not get better, if the compete level does not go to a better spot then the changes that are going to be made are going to be coming with players. Okay, not meant as a threat, but it is. Like that's the when you're a player and you receive that message in the locker room, you know exactly. You know exactly what is being said to you. So, strong words, strong words from Armstrong today and uh, the Blues are going to uh, get back at it coming up on Thursday night when they're going to match up against the Islanders. That'll be the third of three straight home games. It's just been very very uneven winning the first three games of the year and now losing five in a row since then. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll take a break. We'll uh, wrap up the program. We'll talk a little bit about the World Series, which uh, Game 3 is going to be uh, getting underway later on this evening. That's up next. It's Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Kansas City! KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program. Only a one-hour edition. We have three one-hour editions this week. Yesterday for Monday Night Football. Tonight we get done for the uh, St. Louis County Executive Debate. And we'll be done on Thursday at 7 o'clock as well for uh, Thursday Night Football. Full shows tomorrow and Friday. Blues get back at it on Thursday when they match up against the Islanders. They will be trying to end a five-game losing streak and just... Things are not going well. Things are not going well for this team right now. Mike has given us a call to talk blues. Hey, Mike, you're on Sports Open Line. Thank you. Be interested to hear your comments after mine. I wonder if anybody misses David Perron more than Ryan O'Reilly. 
I was really disappointed to see him not get offered a contract. Personally, I think some of this um, <clears throat> drama or, or lack of winning falls upon the GM. Perron, heart and soul of the team, he gave it his all every night. He was not like Tarasenko, who publicly didn't want to be here. All right? Now Perron's gone. You miss that scoring. You miss that heart and soul. And they gave the big contract to Jordan Cairo, who, yes, he's fancy. He's got some moves, but he is not a tough player. It's a tough game. I just do not see it. I think they've um, messed up big time here with some of their moves. And it's, it's very disheartening. I don't blame it on the coach at all. I think he, he's solid. Um, interested in your comments. Thank you. Yeah, Mike, appreciate the uh, phone call. They, I, they missed David Perron. They made it a priority to bring back Jordan Cairo and get him locked in to a long-term deal. And when you just look, Perron, Perron's a little – he doesn't have a ton of time left, right? Like when you look at how much time left uh, Cairo and how much time left Perron, Cairo is the younger player. Uh, he's the guy with clearly a, a higher upside. So the the individuals who are gone from last year who can be impacting things – you, you look at Perron. I also think you look at Jim Montgomery, an assistant coach who went on to become uh, the head coach of, uh, of the Boston Bruins. Uh, you could probably look at the goaltending situation a little bit, uh, but I, in some ways having the true one and two spot might help Bennington a little bit. I don't think the Blues made a bad decision. If, if the decision was choosing Kairou over Perron, I make that same decision. But your point about his toughness level, he does have to play tougher. He does, uh, you don't want him to be quite as maybe cute at times. And that was something that, uh, that was a term that, that was used here uh, recently about this team and just the way uh, that they are playing at times. So do they miss Perron? Yeah. The whole idea of not even offering him a contract, you know, they, they knew how much money they had. They knew uh, what was already committed for this year. They knew the players on the roster that they wanted to uh, prioritize extending, and they also knew that they didn't want to be disrespectful to, with, to Perron with some type of offer. So I feel like the whole not even giving him an offer thing, I feel like that was a, a story that's been made. To, I don't think, to me, it's a non story. Like, if. They knew the ballpark that it was going to take to get Perron. They knew that they were not in a position to offer him that, so they weren't going to disrespect him with a contract offer that he had no chance of, of taking. Now, if if Perron had gone to him and said, look, I'll do whatever it takes to stay here, whatever it takes. You're not going to offend me with anything. I'm late in my career. At this point, I just, I just want to be here, and that's what I value. If if he makes that statement to him and then there's no contract offered, we're having a very different conversation. Then the things that are saying right now about the lack of a contract offer, they become a little bit more legitimate. But to me, it's a it's a non-story. And I also expect, I fully expect that right now, it's just kind of some learning pains and growing pains for this team. That a month from now, month and a half from now, we're going to look back on this and say, yeah, it was just, they've got, you know, the core is just a little bit different. The lines are just a little bit different. And it just, for whatever reason, took a little longer for everything to gel. I still think it indeed will gel sooner than later. 
That is it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Back with you tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Up next, we've got uh, some debate action. St. Louis County Executive Debate. It is on the way next right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.